to. Hello, listeners. This is Hutong here. I'm your host, Ryan Price. Joined with me today is the British legend, Carrie Hamster Hammond. How's it going? It's going good on yeah. this very rainy Saturday evening here in Croydon. Yeah, here in Croydon, um, you know, it's it's maybe not Sesame Street, uh, but uh, I still I, I I love Croydon. You know, big shout, Croydon! My homies in the in the big Croy. Uh, that's what I call it. And that's I think what you call it. Hopefully other people in Croydon call it. But, you know, something really interesting is I was checking the stats of this show, and uh, I was looking through, and I was like, oh, look, we got, like, quite a bit of listeners in the U.K. That's always good. And uh, as I was looking through the U.K. stats, I noticed that in London here uh, that we have uh, some listeners in the big Croydon so shout out to you folks. You know, we love you uh, in Croydon. But, you know, I was thinking, too, uh, as we were talking or uh, listening to that theme song, and, and we're going to be talking about Sesame Street, um, I was thinking, man, what's an iconic street here in uh, Croydon? And the first street that popped up in my head was Davidson. I, ta- I take Davidson all the time to where I need to go, you know, in his quarter, uh, where my gym is, and... Uh, you know, it's like uh, Davidson Street is, 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 I like Davidson Street. You know, it's a long street, residential, gets you to where you need to go in East Croydon. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not the happiest street, but I imagine maybe that's because it's always rainy. On, well, uh, it's always rainy on Davidson Street. But, you know, um, anyways. It's a new theme song <laughs> there, I think, for the show. <laughs> maybe. Anyways, uh, it's really cool that we have p- people listening uh, in Croydon. And, it is. Uh, I'm really happy people, about that. Maybe some of these people are on Davidson Street. But uh, I used to think uh, that Sesame Street was a, a happy place where I could escape to as a kid and and see Elmo. And my favorite character was Oscar the Grouch. I really could relate to that guy. He was just always angry. And yeah. as a kid, I mean, I wasn't always angry. I was just... A grouch. I was a grouch, you know, self-proclaimed grouch. And my parents also called me a grouch. And, you know, I thought, I was like, man, who can I really relate to? This guy that lives in a trash can, he's obviously really PO'd all the time. You know, people come by his trash can, make noise. He's like, who is I kicking my can? Oh, hi, Grouchy. And this is Grouchy. I, uh, I wanted to play a game, but everybody's... Play a game? Could you play a game you, with you, me? You kick my can and bother would, me would you... and expect me to play a game with... I don't play games with little gir- furry monsters and... Uh, and, and I totally understand, Oscar. I'm 100% there with you. Even since I was a little, little odd... I was all, I was, I was, I was, I understood. You understood yeah, that. I got it. He was a bit of a grumpy grouch, but he's so cute too. He lives in a trash can, total cutie. Everybody loves him. People come and kick on his can. He's like, what? And he can't. My no. favorite was the cookie monster. Yeah. Because I loved biscuits when I was little. So I was like, nom, nom, nom. Oh, yeah, yeah. That even smell like my giraffe. Oh, fuck. Now I know what the letter F smells like. Apparently so do I too. Yeah. So your favorite character was the Cookie Monster, and uh, I can see why. (laughs) Of course. He made good cookies, like my mom. He made good cookies. He stole good cookies. I don't know. If there was a cookie in sight, he just had really bad self-control issues. Obviously, this guy is representing part of the population that has some serious cookie addiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. real serious problem that needed to be addressed when Sesame Street came out. Absolutely. I think because lots of kids do deal a lot with uh, addiction <laughs> to biscuits. 
It was so hard, Carrie. I know. I was there, too. (laughs) All those calories are just too... But they were so yummy. They were so yummy. I, I understand the plight, but Sesame Street, you know, had that character i think maybe on some level was dealing with addiction but now they're taking it up to the next level with a character they have on the show already her name is carly all right and her mom is suffering from an opioid addiction and opioids are actually a really big problem for young adults in the united states it's the cause of a lot of fatalities recently and it's been all over the news but now we see a show like sesame street And they're picking up this issue. And Carly is basically revealing to Elmo that she's been in these foster homes and her mom is an addict to opioids. And so basically she, that's the reason why she's been in these homes. And I think a lot of people are kind of concerned. Why is Sesame Street doing this? Is this the right platform to kind of address this issue when kids are listening or or watching this show and, you know, they have basic, uh, basic lessons of like one, two, three, you know, the count who's teaching them how to count and basic ABCs and whatnot. Why would you choose Sesame Street to talk about something like addiction? I don't even think these kids can comprehend that. So that's something that we're going to get into. We'll talk about really the, the thick of the opioid addiction in, in the U.S., uh, specifics of what the show is going to do with Carly And then also, Carrie, I want to pick your brain to kind of see what shows were popular here in the UK for children, for you, and whether or not they tackled issues that are serious like this. So we're going to have this discussion. But before we do, music.
That's MGMT, kids. And have you heard that song before? I have heard that song before, which is rare because I haven't heard very much music. You haven't heard very much music. No, you're always telling you me I don't sheltered child, you. Well, it's good that you're on the show. You're listening to the show. We're excusing you. Exp- exp- We're exposing you to all different kinds of music here. That's a big word for you. <laughs> Hutong Hero and all. Um, we're exposing Carrie to all different kinds of music on Hutong Hero as well as you guys, and she's exposing me to the meanness of uh, her. But anyways, so um, that song was really popular when I was... Uh, God, I feel like... God, hold on. I really... You know, it takes me a while to remember. So many years ago, I, I was like a sophomore in college. Like sophomore, let's say junior. A yeah, because I was definitely more on the senior side of things, um, I want to say. But that memory is definitely very fuzzy. So I remember that, you know, I would go to these house parties and all of a sudden this this music would be blaring. You know, MGMT. And I was like, wow, it's kind of, this music's pretty cool. And a lot of these house parties, I wasn't really like super into the scene uh, because at this time hipsters were really starting to gain traction you know everyone was like oh yeah I only listen to vintage vinyl because uh, I'm unique and I'm like oh congratulations dude you know the rest of us are well into mp3s but you know um, these kind of hipsters were all over the place shopping for uh, uh, like no they were shopping they would get their clothes at like uh the Buffalo Exchange in Albuquerque, which was like a place where people brought their used clothes, and then Buffalo Exchange sells it for like three times the price of what it should be. And it was just, I remember I went in there and I was like, okay, well, maybe it's pretty cool that, you know, clothes are being recycled. Maybe I'll find some cool, like, vintage clothes. Why not go in there? And I'm like, see the prices. And I'm like, this is insane. I walked, I wanted to walk up actually to the, the people at the register and I'd be like, do you guys know that these clothes are used? Because you're pricing them like you didn't know. Um, but I didn't want to be that guy. Of course not. So they're nothing like how a charity shops, which you experienced today. I did. I went to a charity shop. It was, the lady was so fantastic. But at the same time, to tell you the truth, I've never lost a job and then been hired and lost a job uh, in such a short amount of time in my life. Right, that's what happens when we get put in charge of a charity shop on the spot. Uh, yeah, so, uh, all right, anyways, to conclude about college, this was a big thing. Hipsters were gaining traction, and this is where the first time, like, I heard MGMT kids, and, you know, it's it's very iconic of kind of your childhood because you hear the kids playing, and you're like, oh, boy, and the groovy music plays, man. And you're like, yeah, give me some, give me some. Um... But yeah, we did go to a charity shop here in the UK today. I didn't even want to go, okay? I'm like walking in the cafe and I'm like, yeah, time to do some work. You know, because I work on the weekends. I tried to. Anyways, I got this on my brain. And all of a sudden, we're walking down the street. I turn over. Carrie's gone. And she just pops into the shop. And I'm like, okay, go inside. She's like, charity shop, Brian. I'm like, okay, what's this about? And... um you know, basically, it's a used clothes place where people bring in their clothes, they kind of wash them, fix them up, and then they sell them, and the proceeds, I imagine, go to charity. Exactly. Spot on. Spot on, my anyways. um, So the lady that was there, she was obviously, she's like a Kennedy, which is a saying like, Kennedys know everybody. You know, oh. if you're a Kennedy, you're just like, in the know, right? 
She was like a Kennedy. People were walking into the show. They're like, hey, 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 giving her like the the points, and she, you know, the pointers. Yeah, I can two see fingers pointing, doing the almost like right a gun. Pew, pew, pew. Yep. You point at somebody, and you're like, yeah, I know him really well. So obviously, a lot of people knew this lady. She was a very nice lady. She's trying to get us to buy as much stuff as we could, and then she's like, I have to step out for a minute. So I'm leaving you two in charge, and you just got to make sure that people come in and buy stuff. I was like, oh, okay. We can do that. Yeah, so she leaves. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that because that's weird. <laughs> people come in the store. She comes back in. She's like, hey, did they buy anything? I was like, I don't think they did. And she's like, well, you're fired. And I'm like, okay, wow, all right. Um, and she's like, well, I need to step out again real quick. So you know what? You're hired. But remember, get people to buy stuff. I was like, well, you got it. All right, I'm ready. I can do this. And then so I think someone walked in right after that. And I was like, hey, 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 oh, are you going to buy something? She's like, no, I'm dropping stuff off. It's like, oh, bye. And then the lady comes in. She's like, you're fired. She didn't even buy anything. I was like, but she was dropping stuff off. And she's like, no, nope, you lost your job. And I was like. <sighs> See, and we so therefore we technically did work as soon as we got into the charity shop. Yeah. And but, that was obviously the point of going in there. You know, we shared, we shared a couple laughs, a couple laughs, a couple giggles. We did. Had a giggle, mate. We had a giggle, and we obviously managed to pick up some amazing buys because okay. we're better okay. to go to pick up your okay. designer brand name. We're clothes not sponsored by charity, folks, okay? <laughs> we but we do our part for charity here, I guess, on the Hutong Hero. Anyways, uh, really sweet people. Obviously, I think when you go to a charity shop, you meet people of a like mind, you know, that want to give back. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a good experience. It was so, a good experience. Uh, I really, we really segued quite a bit here. Um, yeah. charity shops in Croydon are always legit. Cause you know, my Croydon posse be knowing what's going on. Yeah. Croydon, baby. Yeah. yeah. Technically this one was in Norwood <sighs> Junction. Whatever. It's all Croydon, baby. Yeah. It's all, Croydon. It's all part of big Croy. Um, anyways, anyway. Carrie doesn't show the shame, the same Croydon colors as I do, but. No, that's because I spend most of my days in London. Crystal Palace, baby. (laughs) Yeah, we're now Crystal Palace fans. No, I was always a Crystal Palace fan. Anyways, so we got to talk about the uh, Carly in the room. That was a joke. It was uh, was a joke. No dokes here. We don't do dad jokes on this podcast. Unless you guys want it, let us know. All right, so without further ado, let's get into the BBC article that talks about this new Muppet, Carly, all right? Um, So the organization behind U.S. children's TV show Sesame Street is set to reveal that one of its Muppets' mothers has an addiction. Carly was introduced earlier this year as a Muppet in foster care. She is set to reveal that she was placed in foster care as her mother had a grown-up problem. About 5.7 million children in the United States under the age of 11 live with a parent who suffers from substance addiction, according to the Associated Press. Carly will tell her story on the Sesame Street in Communities Project, which is run by Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit organization behind the show. All right, so in online episodes, Carly tells Elmo in Another Muppet about her mom's meetings and the special kids-only meetings where she gets to spend time with other children who are going through a similar experience. Elmo's father then explains what addiction is by using the Cookie Monster as reference. That's a joke. But Elmo's father does kind of try to explain what addiction is. Why wouldn't he use a cookie monster? All right, I'm moving on. 
And I guess there's uh, also Asalia in this series, uh, a 10-year-old from California whose parents have been there. Uh, so I'm guessing Salia probably knows a little bit about what Carly's going through. But uh, addiction to substances such as opioids is a huge problem in the United States. According to the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, about 192 people die from an opioid overdose every day in the United States. All right. So Sherry Weston, president of Social Impact and Philanthropy on Sesame Workshop, said, addiction is often seen as a grown-up issue, but it impacts children in ways that aren't always visible. Having a parent battling addiction can be one of the most isolating and stressful situations young children and their families face. Sesame Street has been a childhood favorite since 1969 and runs on American Public Broadcaster PBS as well as cable channel HBO. Last December, the show introduced Lily, a seven-year-old homeless Muppet. Lily told viewers that she had to leave her house behind and had been staying in all different kinds of places since. And in 2017, uh, they introduced an autistic Muppet, Julia, to the show. It has also featured children who have been bullied and also children who have parents in prison. So you can kind of get the vibe that Sesame Street is maybe not such a happy street these days. Maybe not. Tackling some really big issues that we have in society. Before we get into the analysis of Carly and Lily, what they stand for and whether or not we agree they have a place on children's TV shows, what about TV shows for children here in the UK? What do you guys have? Well, one of the big ones that we watched as a kid, both me and my sister, was Teletubbies. You had to throw her under the bus, didn't you? I really did. She was the one that mainly watched it. She's like, oh, she's probably going to listen. Karen! I did not! Oh, she loved it. And we had the we had the little dolls as well. I liked Poe. You had the dolls? She liked Okay. Uh, thinky, not I liked Poe too, but he got the shaft, man. All right, they'd be introducing all the Teletubbies. They're like, so-and-so and so-and-so and... So and so, and Poe. And I was like, why you gotta say Poe like that? I know, they were so like disappointed in him, just because like, he was the small one. Yeah, tough times for Poe. It really was. <laughs> so did Poe have to deal with drug addiction? No, he didn't. Did his, None of did the son this. Did the son that had a baby's face on it uh, go into rehab? Nope, we didn't have rehab, we didn't have addiction. I don't think we tackled any. Do you think issues. the son and Poe should have had... Uh, maybe some rehab or addiction problems to teach children in the UK of of basically how serious uh, whatever something in the UK is. I'm not really sure that it would have been necessary, you know? Because it was already scary as is. That's right. I That's right. said it. Okay, we will agree that the sunshine was scary. The sunshine was scary. And, dude, just like little animals running around this golden green field that looks like hobbit town like a shire and i said it's shire um yeah with little tvs on their screens what's that about you know it's a happy place were the tvs like showing like uh drug addiction or no no mothers going to prison no no they just went in we went inside them i think and that took us into the little that is just happy so place that the, the that is, hobbies lived that is so wrong okay so this is it's just a happy place. You know, and I like Sesame Street better. I think I'll go to Sesame Street. <laughs> Sesame Street is a little bit less trippy. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, the creators of Teletubbies, maybe they suffered from addictions of LSD or something. I mean, 
who knows what it took to create that show. So you guys had Teletubbies, but yeah. you, Teletubbies never dealt with really serious issues. They were too no. busy having a good time Absolutely. and making fun of Poe. Like, uh, my favorite. Your favorite. I like Poe too. My sister liked Lala. He was yellow. Of course she liked Lala. That was the happy one. Lala was such a queen. Uh, Y'all's queen. Yeah. Total Y'all's queen. Anyways, <laughs> so what else did you guys have? Okay, so, well, I guess I should mention this one as it's the biggest one these please, days please for kids. Peppa Pig. No. God, Peppa Pig is, is like, it's that pig life. needs to go to rehab. I've seen some memes. And, you know, in China, too, Peppa Pig just represents, like, reb- rebelness. Yeah, you it know, does. Peppa Pig's doing all kinds of mad stuff, drugs, and, and just saying Whoa, really messy. What Peppa Pig were you watching listen, in China? Listen, Peppa Pig's doing all kinds of stuff in China. He... Peppa Pig went on a vacation to China and was never the same after. See, this is what happens when British pigs leave the UK. Keep your pigs in the UK, folks. That's the moral of the story. Yep. If that pig wound up on Sesame Street, they'd be broke, have no money or cookies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and be living in a trash can with Oscar. Little known fact, that's what happened to Oscar. He came from the UK and all of a sudden he started living in a trash can being upset. True story. Not really. Though. Or is it really? Okay. No. Anyway, so you had Peppa Pig. But you, that wasn't really your generation. No, that wasn't my generation. You're old. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, my generation, we had um, Tots TV. Remember that now? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was very educational. That was how we learned to count. One, Did you learn two, about drugs? Three. No, and we learned... Opioid addiction? Deux, trois. No. No, okay. No, no, we didn't learn any of that. It was happy and there was a garden. And they were ragdoll creatures. Um, then oh we had gosh. Rosie and Jim. Never going to be able to sleep tonight. And that was, Rosie and Jim were brilliant. They lived um, they lived on a little canal boat with John. They were ragdolls. Again, did not cover any issues of addiction. Yeah. Um, I think the greatest one Other we learned Other than the addiction of ragdolls. Right. Ooh, Seems like ooh. that's very common here. We learned at one point they went up in the clouds and tried to put a cloud in a jar. And that's how we learned that clouds are actually just vapor. I do remember learning that pretty. when I was in gym. Okay, that's pretty magical. It was. So you did you guys watch, uh, you know, shows like Barney or Not really. I Love You, You Love, no? No, I mean, obviously, if kids had cable TV, then maybe, but I came Did you watch t- Sesame Street? I vaguely remember watching Sesame Street, uh, but not massively. Sesame Street, yeah. So these shows maybe not watched as much here. Possibly not. I mean, I'm sure they did broadcast it at some point because I do remember my mom telling me that I watched Sesame Street. Yeah, and that you were a big fan of the Cookie Monster. Monster. All right, so, um, but basically, to take away from this, as far as you know, uh, children's TV shows in the UK aren't really tackling these kind of issues. No. So this might be something that Sesame Street is biting off by itself And before we discuss how we feel about this, we're going to play a song. It's unbelievable. This is as good as it gets. It's unbelievable. Don't know what's going to happen next. It's unbelievable. You haven't seen nothing yet. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. When I was a kid, I saved up all my dough So I could buy C-3PO Put Mentos in my Diet Coke In the backseat of the bus When I was a kid, I ate SpaghettiOs 
just played laser tag and G.I. Joe's And if you vowed no girls allowed, then you could join the club When I was a kid, I spent my Saturdays blowing all Nintendo games The newest thing was Lion King, and I can feel the love It's Al City and Hanson, unbelievable. And I like that song because it kind of takes you through maybe our childhood. Do you kind of? I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, some of the fun stuff we used to do as kids before the internets and stuff. One thing I really liked is that, you know, in the beginning, uh, the guy, Al City, he's talking about his kids, laser tag, G.I. Joe. And if you vowed no girls allowed, then you could join the club. And Carrie, I got to tell you a story. As long as, as long as you're cool with it. I'm cool. Okay. What's All your right. story? Now I got I to share this with the world, I guess. So, you know, when I really think back to being a kid, there's not a lot I remember, but there's these few tidbits, and I guess they must be special because of that. But I remember how I got my first girlfriend in preschool. That's right. I've <laughs> been the lady since preschool. God, um, you got in there early. Anyways, well, a lad. Well, yeah, so basically this is how it happened. You know, all the boys on the playground, recess happened. Boom, everything changed. Boys were like, girls are gross. And I was like, yes, yes, I vote for this guy to be the leader of the boys and the little piece of playground we have. And he's like, yes, the girls are gross and they shall no longer pass us around. And this guy just made sense to all the boys on the playground. We're like, yeah, girls are cooties and they're gross and we don't like them 
what's wrong with them? Why are they here? And, you know, the girls are like on the other side of the playground. They're like, oh, my God, let's go mess with these guys. And we're like, oh, one day, you know, I think we our territory on the playground was the jungle gym area or just a place where you could climb on stuff. Uh, We're boys. We had to climb up, fall off, hurt ourselves and do it again. Right. This is how we tried to learn. We didn't really learn. Uh, That's how you showed your manliness, you know, boyness. Yeah, we're climbing stuff like monkeys and getting off the stuff and sounding like monkeys and constantly reminding ourselves girls are icky and they have no place in our territory. On the jungle gym. Yeah, so one day the girls just thought it'd be a great idea to come on over to our jungle gym area. Well, the boys were not happy about this. I just remember all the girls came running over, and I was like, well, what do we do, guys? And one of the boys was like, get him! And so I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just join in. And so I started chasing someone or whoever I could chase. I was like, girls, get him! You know, and I was like, Thinking as I'm chasing, what do we do when we get one? You know, I was like, I, I'm confused. I, you know, it was all innocent, really. It was innocent. Get one. I like yeah, the way so I saw, it's just one. I saw one guy pin a girl up against the wall, and I was like, all right, that's what we're doing, Ryan. So I'm chasing one, and I finally got one, pinned her up against the wall. I'm like, yeah, all right. And then she just looks at me, and she's like, all right, all right. I'll be your girlfriend. And I let her go. I was like, <gasps> what? Wait. I know what uh what is this what does this mean um you know like probably the equivalent to when a dad finds out he's about to have a kid you know but as a kid you're you find out you're in a relationship you had no clue this is how things happen and all of a sudden you're in a relationship and you're like oh my god so I remember this girl's name too it it was Tina so Tina if you're listening hello um but anyways I, I still remember that and we were good friends, you know, there was, it was completely innocent, just friends. But I remember since that day, actually, we, she was one of the boys, actually. She hung out with us, really changed a lot of things for me, gender-wise. I was like, yeah, girls are cool, I guess. Well, that's when you realize that we're okay and not icky. I was like, Mom, you're not icky anymore. What about your sister? She's always been icky. Sorry, <laughs> Dominic. <laughs> no, Dominic's awesome. Um, but that's my sister, uh, for those who are For those who don't know. But yeah, so, uh, you know, that brings back a lot of memories. Uh, of fun How memories. unbelievable it's, uh, it's been to be alive. But now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm listening to this, uh, uh, you know, podcast. Let's talk about uh, Sesame Street and what they're doing with Carly and Lily. And I'm wondering if kids are going to have a similar experience to me. Um, so what do you think about this? Sesame Street introducing Muppets who are homeless and young, uh, Muppets who have parents dealing from drug addictions. What's your take? Well, first of all, I'm going to say that it's good that these things are being shared with the wider world, that when you turn on a kid's TV show, that you don't just have um, sort of the mainstream kids and they backgrounds on there it's good to actually reflect a wider population and that a lot of kids do have to deal with things like parents that have addiction why does a kid's show need to have the reality of how ugly life is right now that's what i'm getting on to is you didn't have it in the teletubbies (laughs) 
We didn't know. And although I think that it's necessary to reflect wider population, I'm mm. not sure that a kids' TV show is necessarily the right place to be doing it. That's what. So you're you're saying that you're happy that it's reflecting a, a more general population, but you're unhappy that it's this platform. This platform. Where? Okay. Where? So you don't think these kind of things should be on this kind of platform? I don't know if it's necessary for that to be there. I mean, obviously, it's it's good to be aware that not all kids have a really happy childhood, and I do think that's something that should be addressed. But should it be addressed on a show which is trying to reach a really young population who many of which might not know about these things and even if they are to find out, yeah. is it is that the right place for them to find it out mm-hmm. rather than maybe through a trained professional in their school, for instance, who could actually be giving a talk on this aimed at younger children if it's something that is necessary within their neighborhood, for instance. Yeah, my two cents on this thing is uh, Sesame Street. I think you're doing something that's really stupid. Um, kids don't need to go to this real life place that's just like their life. You know, I was just thinking as as a kid that would be impressionable watching this. Maybe somebody that would be in Carly's shoes, having a mother or father mm-hmm. addicted to opioids, seeing the show, and they'll be like. They'll see this and they'll be like, hey, mom, dad, see this person or Carly's dealing with this kind of stuff, too. And this is bad and you should stop. Look, Carly's all alone or something like that. I think these parents would start abusing that kid. I don't think these parents have a right mindset first and foremost. And telling the kid, hey, you know, you got it bad just like Carly does. and That's okay because Carly's also got it bad and you should just, you know, You see this and feel better about yourself. No. I think these places should be an escape from real life. These places shouldn't be like your your situation in any form. No parent's perfect. You know, I'm sorry if any parents think they're perfect. You know, we all have our struggles in life. And when we have kids, these struggles don't necessarily go away. We try our best to maybe put those things on the back burner. But let's be honest, we're all human beings at the end of the day just trying to do our best. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you should be making sure you're doing your best. I think kids need a place to get away. And Sesame Street is obviously a fanciful place with big birds and people that live in trash cans who are grouchy, something to laugh at, someone you can relate to like Cookie Monster who loves cookies. But then you see something like that and I feel like it takes you out of this magical land. It takes you out of this place and it starts to remind you that maybe there is no happy, safe place to go to. Maybe even Sesame Street isn't a happy, safe place to go to. And I just really makes me angry. I wouldn't have my kid watch that crap because I just don't think kids should be watching that crap. They should be watching ragdolls have a good time, talking about ABCs and all this stuff and having fun so that maybe if their life is like this, they can have some kind of escape. But giving the kids the knowledge that their life is a bit messed up, what are they supposed to do with that? How are they supposed to make their lives better? They're tiny little kids. Choose a place where at least these kids can make sense of the information you're giving them and go about it the right way. I don't think this has any place on any street where kids are watching 
uh, i.e. Sesame Street. And it, it really drives me crazy. I just feel like all these people are trying to go out there and be like, let's, let's fight the power. Let's solve all the world's problems on every front we can because, ugh, you know. That's I'm like, exactly it. And that's why it's the wrong platform, I think, is I get that same vibe that this is just a way to to kind of reach out into the rest of the world and say, yeah, don't try to, to everything. Don't try to save the world, Sesame Street. That's not what you're there for. That's what you weren't made to do. You were made to make kids happy. Do that. For Pete's sake, God, people are crazy these days. And no one's more crazier than the folks on Sesame Street. But that's why you watch it, because it's crazy and it's happy and it's, it's fun. No, I didn't watch it because people uh, are crazy homeless. And crazy in a good way. People are homeless, except for Oscar the Grouch, who's obviously he's got a home in a trash can. But, that, yeah. you know, it was a comic. You know, it wasn't like serious, like, oh, man, my mom has an opioid addiction. Oh, I just don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. Like, right. whoa, wow. I go, I, get, I turn off the TV. I'm like, wow. Sesame Street just got real. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, this life. I remember when I first saw homeless people, I was really upset about that. I asked my mom about it, you know. I had that real life interaction with it. And uh, that prompted me to ask about it. I didn't need my favorite TV shows to be telling me that. You know, I don't teach kids the basics. Don't teach them what you think is the ethic, ethical right thing to learn at that age. That's not your place. But what your place is, is to make them laugh. Make them forget their problems. It's not a platform for you to fight social injustices because these are preschoolers. What's wrong with you? Vent over. Okay. And you're right. And there you know. And I'm just kidding. No, it wasn't over. But you, and you've really hit on a point there as well. Who's to say then that there are parents who are letting their kids watch Sesame Street who are okay with them now learning about things which maybe they want to teach their kids in a completely different way or maybe not until they're older. Who's to say that that's even the right age to be sharing this stuff with kids? I don't think it is the right age. You know, you have places like Scotland who just ban spanking kids. Um, And, you know, on some level, I think I can get my head around that. Uh, So you have Scotland and a lot of places in the world saying, oh, spanking a child is the same as abuse. But then you're going to go and put like uh, all these drug addictions and homeless kids on children's TV shows and say, that's that's a better way to raise kids. Man, spank me. I would rather have a spanking than have to watch homeless Muppets like do whatever they have to do to get by. It's it's too real. Kids need to see the Teletubbies. They need to see a son smiling and not thinking about problems. They need to see these dorky th- little characters running. No, I'm still talking about the Teletubbies. Running around, green pastures, having a good time, just being goofballs. You know, I can get my head around that. I think as a kid, I would just laugh. But if I saw something like Carly on the Sesame Street, you know, talking to Elmo about her problems. I didn't know Elmo was some kind of counselor. For Pete's sake, when I was a kid, you know, tickle me Elmo. He wasn't counseling you. You just tickle him. He's like, you know, that was actually a bit creepy. And I apologize for that. I'll, I'll rescind that. But he was giggling. And you weren't like, Elmo, my dog has an addiction to kibble and bits. And I just am really worried about him. And then you poke me. He's like, you know, yeah, thanks for listening, Elmo. Um, absolutely. And I do think that 
Um, what do you think, Carrie? <laughs> Are we going to talk more about ragdolls here? No, we're not talking more about ragdolls at all. Um, what I wanted to say, though, was that kids' TV shows should be fun and happy because it's your childhood's over so quick and there is time to learn about all these things later on. And and if you are a kid going through them, you're, you should be able to find the right person to be able to talk to about that. I mean... Will kids even understand this? Is it something that they are even going to comprehend? In which case, what's the point in really showcasing something that a child's not even going to understand or confusing them about it, which would be even worse and making them think that this is maybe not even something that should be a big deal because it's on TV and it's being accepted in a way. There's another side I think to that. there is that kind of feeling that because it's on TV, it's like a social norm, which is just silly. I, I think this is just crazy people having a platform to just do their craziness. And unfortunately, that's proliferated into children's shows like Sesame Street. It's, it's something that really gets me angry. What a, what a street that is now. But, uh, I th- you know, this is just our two cents, my two cents, her two cents, to each their own. Raise your kids however you want. But all I'm saying is my, my, my childhood was unbelievable. I didn't have that kind of crap on my Sesame Street. You know, I was just Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch chilling and talking about ABCs and what have you, right? Mm -hmm. Cookie Monster losing his mind over cookies. And, you know, the Ninja Turtles eating pizza and fighting crime. I I could get into that, you know. Uh, But at no point in the Ninja Turtles were, like, guys shooting up heroin in the back of me like, Oh, man, Tom, I really have an addiction to heroin and he's like me too i hope the ninja turtles don't come and beat us into rehab well that would have been a scary tv show if it had been just give them time they'll get there uh anyways folks uh we'd more than love to hear your opinions on this i think you can send in a message uh we'd love to hear your opinions but we're gonna go ahead and play our final song
That's Blurry by Puddle of Mud. I remember that song from when I was a youngin. I do too. That was one of my favorite songs when I was about 14. Yeah. But also, I remember seeing that music video because at that time, remember remember when MTV played music videos? <laughs> oh, Things have that. changed. Oh, you didn't have that. I didn't oh. have MTV. Well, MTV <laughs> used to, trust me, MTV used to play music videos and then they just kind of, oh. I don't know what they do now. But right. Anyways, I remember watching the music video for that, and uh, the lead singer is in the video kind of like a dad, and watching his kid have to go through some really traumatic stuff. And uh, I think in the song, you know, he's, he's kind of saying, why are you shoving this in my face? You know, like, mm-hmm. why, is this, why is this stuff happening? The, the realness that is life. And so on that level, maybe on some level, this song is is saying that kids don't need that realness that us adults deal with in life. And I think that's a good way to end the show, keep kids happy, keep them away from growing up as long as they have to. and uh, Let them be kids. Let them be kids. All right, on behalf of the Hutong Hero, that's the end of the show for today. Don't forget to subscribe, and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>